Welcome to the second lecture on understanding probability and statistics. The first one started off with me with a tremendous coughing fit, so I had to zap that. All right, last time we learned uh, about knowledge, uh, at least a little bit. We talked about how arguments, all arguments, are conditional. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today because we're going to build up this theory or this idea of probability being a matter of logic. And we're going to contrast that with the other two leading theories of probability that are out there. There are many different theories of probability and we're not going to cover all of them. It's impossible unless this lecture series were just about that. And believe me, we could cover months just talking about all the different views of probability there are. Uh, the, the three traditions we'll get to and why they came about and so forth and why uh, I think that uh, the view of probability being a matter of logic is the correct view. So because of this, uh, we're going to have to start tackling logic. We're going to have to understand at least a little bit of the basics of logic. Last time we talked about how all knowledge is conditional conditional on certain evidence. Most of the time this evidence we can literally write out and we could use this evidence to form uh, beliefs and certain conclusions which are statements or propositions or sets or however you want to look at it. Uh, there were some bits of knowledge uh, which could only have recourse to our intuitions. That is to say, there are a large class of beliefs uh, that cannot be proved, but that we take as true. We gave the example of the axioms of mathematics, and I did not give the example, but it is true that all of morals are based on our intuition as well. Well, we'll talk about that at some other time. Uh, we can't say uh, Hilbert, for instance, did try to say that uh, axioms are just definitions. Some of our readers thought that this might be the case. Axioms are just definitions that we take to be true and we use then to build our theorems and if we come across no contradictions, we're happy. Well, this can't be right. Uh, it, it, it sort of begs the question, why these axioms and why not others? Uh, well, you say these, you use these and they did not lead to contradiction. Well, what if we had used others? And some of those others might lead to contradictions. And you might say, well, this is why I'm abandoning it. But this is no good because it still doesn't answer the question, why these axioms? Well, you've picked those axioms because you believe they are true. Everybody believes they are true. And there's no proof of it. And there can be no proof of it. But this is a, a minor point. Because almost all of us do believe these axioms, the only one in dispute is the, uh, uh, it's called the axiom of choice, and we won't meet that in, in these series of lectures. We're not going to get that detailed mathematically, but uh, you could look it up on the web and see the history of it. Uh, we're not going to get so much into continuity and infinities and so on, except to mention them briefly when uh, they lead to paradox. Okay. Never mind all that. Let's think about logic. Let's think about uh, typical logical arguments. These usually start with a list of premises. Premises are statements or propositions that we take to be true or we believe to be true. They may be known to be false. But we often say, well, consider for the sake of argument that a certain 
premise or statement is true. And from that, we can build conclusions and we can ascertain the truth or falsity of these conclusions. So everybody knows the old standard. Uh, logical arguments come in, by the way, uh, many different uh, forms. We're going to use only the ones that are probably most familiar to people. That is one of the most familiar is, of course, the syllogism uh, from Aristotle's day. Uh, we have statements like, uh, given that, or conditional on, or assuming it is true that all men are mortal, and Socrates is a man, we are interested in the truth or the falsity of the statement, Socrates is mortal. Well, we all know the answer is, given those two premises, or at least assuming that they are true, Socrates is in fact mortal, the probability of that statement being true is one, or that is to say, it is true. Everybody knows this, but uh, hidden in this, hidden in this is the why. Why is it true? Well, we could say that it was derived via the premises. But again, what's hidden in that is those sort of interconnecting steps that led us from those two premises, the all men are mortal to Socrates is a man, and, and, and the sort of jump we make to concluding the, pre uh, the to concluding that the statement Socrates is mortal uh, are also unknown. We take those steps to be valid, and in fact, we call the argument valid because of this. Uh, so this is yet uh, one more point where intuition intrudes on us. And after this, we're really going to leave the idea of intuition, except uh, when we talk about the subject of randomness a little bit. But let's let's keep going. So let's think about another uh, another syllogism, and we're going to. The, the idea we're looking at these syllogisms, syllogisms are easy to understand and we could use them to illustrate simple matters of logic and then from that uh, we could build up the idea of probability and you'll see how in just a second. So I usually start off my lectures by saying uh, all statistics lectures are boring and this is a statistics lecture. And the conclusion I'm interested in is, therefore, this statistics lecture is boring. Now, given those two premises, conditional on those two premises, assuming those two premises are true, however you want to say it, then it is certain that this statistics lecture is also boring. It follows. It is a valid argument, however you want to state it. All of these things mean exactly the same thing. But we could change it. We could change the entire uh, face of the argument, the entire flavor of the entire thing by changing just one word and all of that. So conditional on the two premises, most statistics lectures are boring. This statistics lecture, this is a statistics lecture, I should say. Therefore, the conclusion we're interested in, this statistics lecture is boring no longer becomes certainly true conditional on those two premises. Because all we have said now is that most lectures are boring. Therefore, the best we can say is that the conclusion is probably true. 
given that evidence. And we must remember, I'm going to try not to be lazy about this, and I don't want you to. It is absolutely the case, it's an empirical fact, that most books on probability and statistics are very lazy about stating the conditional information. And most statistics methods are also very lazy about stating their conditional information. But we are not going to be lazy about that because that is the entire point of this new view of probability and statistics. Well, I say new view, it is a very old view as a matter of fact, and we'll come to that in a minute. Okay, so most in English uh, usually means uh, at least half, if not all. So perhaps we could say the probability of our conclusion that this lecture is boring, given those premises, is greater than a half. We cannot say that it is at least, well, we could say it's at least greater than half, but less than certain. We cannot say that the conclusion is certain because this conclusion, that this statistics lecture is boring, is what we say contingent. And contingent means that it is, that whether or not this lecture is boring is contingent on certain facts. It's depending on how this radio uh, show is perceived, how the voice goes, how many garbage trucks end up driving down the street, uh, what missteps I might make, and uh, whether the subject matter is interesting, and so on. In other words, contingent means uh, the universe being in a certain way, actual, real, or imagined uh, events being in a certain way. So the event is contingent. Therefore, a contingent event cannot be certainly true or certainly false. It has to be somewhere in between certainly true and certainly false. Or if we want to say the probability of a contingent event being true, all right, given any evidence, then the best we could say is that the probability is between 0 and 1. Okay, so let's think about that a little more. Now, uh, we're, we're sort of uh, ignoring any kind of written words here. I do have the class notes and you can search on the site. Uh, you're probably listing on the site, but if not, it is wmbriggs.com, w-m-b-r-i-g-g-s.com. And you could look, search for the word chapter and uh, most of the class notes have been published on the site, uh, you know, in abbreviated and clunky form uh, from about a year or two ago. Uh, the class notes you can also find on the left. Okay, but the, the main point is that it may be hard to follow without at least writing some of this down. But let's move to something that is a little bit easier to understand in terms of probability. Um, suppose I have a die, uh, which is the singular of dice. So I have a die, and I have this information. These are the premises that I have, or I'm assuming that are true. I am going to roll a die, which has six sides only one of which will show when I roll it. Now just one side of the six is labeled six, or has six dots. Now given those two premises, I want to ascertain the truth of the conclusion. The side that shows will be a six. Now we all know that the probability of that conclusion uh, is not one, given that evidence. That is to say, we know it is certainly not the case that a six will show, or that is, uh, the six won't certainly show. We also know that uh, it is true that a six won't not show. 
if that makes sense. This is going to get confusing, so let's uh, let's try to stick together here. We know that the number can be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6, and that uh, one of those numbers will show. Therefore, it is not certain that the 6 will show, or it is not certain that the 6 won't show. A very long-winded way of saying that the event is contingent. Obviously, a dice roll is, or a die roll is contingent on certain facts of the universe being in a certain way. Therefore, we know the probability has to be between 0 and 1, and it can't be 0 or 1. Well, what's the probability? Given those two premises, this is our first actual logical probability. Given those two premises, the probability is 1 in 6. Most of us knew that. Most of us don't disagree with that. There are, however, uh, some people that do disagree with that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in a minute. Uh, actually, probably next lecture, because I'm trying to keep these lectures somewhat brief. Let's, uh, let's try again. Uh, that one we all understand. And I think uh, we're going to have to put off our lecture on the differences in probability or the differences in interpretations of probability until next week. Uh, but for now, we'll, we'll move to a different argument. But briefly, we'll review the other one uh, in case some of my meanderings got us lost. We have two premises, we, which we assume are true. We have a die. It has six sides. We're going to roll it, only one of which will show. Only one side will show. Just one side of that die is labeled a six or has six dots. And we're interested in the conclusion. The side that shows is a six. Now, conditional on or given those premises or assuming those premises to be true, the probability of our conclusion being true is one-sixth or about 0.17 if you like decimals. All of us knew that. Now let us suppose we have a different sort of argument entirely. We are going to start from a tautology. Any tautology you like. For instance, uh, tomorrow it will rain or it won't. That statement is true. All red flowers are red. Another tautology. Anyone you like. Tautologies are necessarily true. We have started with something that is absolutely true. Logically true regardless of whether anybody wants to believe it or not. And let's move to a conclusion which I would just mark with the letter M. Now M can be anything you like, but I'm not going to tell you any more about it, except that it's some proposition. Now, given the tautology, what is the probability that M is true? We don't know. We don't know even if M is contingent. So there are some statements that are nonsensical is the point of this, and we can ascertain no probability. We, can, we can't tell if it's true or false or anything in between. So this is a rare class of events, but it is important to understand that they do exist. But move, move then to a tautology like this. M will happen or it won't. Okay, that's our tautology. M will happen or it won't. And we're interested in the conclusion, what is the probability M is true? For centuries, there has been an overwhelming compulsion to suddenly say, aha, well, the probability of M being true is a half because it can happen or it can't. This is false. This is not true. We have learned nothing in that tautology. We could use any tautology, remember. 
any tautology will do. We are given no additional information in the tautology, M will happen or it won't, except one piece of information that's implicit, and that is that M is contingent. M is some event that depends on the universe being in a certain way. Well, all we can say then is the probability of M being true is greater than zero and less than one. And that's the best we can do. So just because we have tautological information, any necessary truth that we add to an argument gives us no additional information. So that is a very interesting point to keep in mind, and we'll come to that much later on in our lectures. Okay. Uh, that's, I think, all we can do for this week. I've already gone a couple of minutes over that I wanted to do. I do want to say... Uh, all I've given us now is some hints that probability can be logical and, and we'll have to go into that next week. Uh, I will say that what we're going to do in all of statistics is uh, make statements like I've collected a bunch of data. I have a probability model which I think explains that data and I am interested in ascertaining the probability of certain conclusions based on that. So I might have a drug. What is the probability this drug will improve the patient's health? This is all of statistics. Any kind of problem can be fo uh, not forced into, but naturally fits into this sort of category. I have a climate model I'm running. The climate model produces a forecast. What is the probability that that forecast is true? And so on. Every single problem can uh, fit into this framework. Uh, this is why I and a number of people, usually coming from physics, which is my early background, uh, tend to ha view probability as a matter of logic and not as a mathematical abstraction. Well, all of that will have to wait till next week. Uh, again, thanks for joining me. Questions are welcome, and I'll see you again next week.